Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Another week closer to football. and We get a little bit of a taste of it this week as the Bills return to OTAs in Orchard Park. Matt Bovey, Sal Capaccio with you for another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal, how you been, buddy? What's going on? I've been good. Um, took in Oak Hill for a couple days this yeah. past week. I think you were out there more than me, maybe. But I went one day kind of as a let's see what this is about, kind of covering it to talk about it. And then I went one day with the fam to kind of walk around. And that was super cool. So lots of good stories coming out of there. Um, saw our guy, William Fickner. You no, know, he's a mm-hmm. Chittawaga guy like me. You know, yeah, I will yeah. tell you a quick story. Uh, saw William Fickner, walked up. I'd met him before. Didn't know if he remembered me. And I said, I said, William Fickner. And he looked at me. I said, Sal Capaccio, WGR. He's like, oh, hey, Sal, how are you? You know, I don't even know if you remember me. But either way, I said, I said, hey, um, you know, we're both Cheektowaga guys. I know you went to Maryville. I'm a Cleve Hill guy. And he goes, you went to Cleve Hill? Okay, thanks. Good to talk to you. And he walked away. It was hilarious. And That's then he funny. walked over and we started talking. It was really cool. So it was cool to see people like that. I uh, saw Adrian Autry out there, Syracuse men's head basketball coach. And of course, oh, yeah, the best golfers in the world. Yeah, they were pretty good this week. The <laughs> the course was awesome. The event yeah. was awesome. I said on the last podcast, I liked Brooks this week. Oh, Brooks won. Right. So if you listen to the podcast, maybe you were able to, uh, you know, cha-ching, exactly. I thought the event was really, really well done. I thought the course held up great. I thought all of the people that I've talked to, I was there every day for the tournament. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I talked to seemed to really like the course. I think major championship golf needs to be returning to Rochester. 100%. I don't know when that will be. I don't know how that will be. I don't know if it'll be a PGA championship again or if it'll be a U.S. Open because that could be in the cards, especially with the U.S. Amateur coming in a couple of years down the road. That almost seems like a little bit of a trial run from, you know, mm-hmm the U S open to see like, okay, how's this course going to do that would also give you an extra month to get the course ready because that's in June as opposed to in May. So then maybe you don't have the weather questions. I know some people will criticize the frost delay and they'll criticize the rain, but like it rains everywhere. So I'm not really that concerned with the rain on Saturday. It stunk sitting out there in the rain was really tough, but it made the course a little bit more open for fans because not that many people came. So if you put on a poncho and had a garbage bag on, like I did basically, and I, I, I was just going to say that you cannot leave this segment without addressing what you were wearing in the rain. I stayed dry. That's all that I care about. I'm not too fancy for anything. Like <laughs> I am so simple and down to earth. That poncho was like $8 at Walgreens. There you go. And I, I went, I put it on and I stayed dry. So okay. I, I saw, it you know, matters. some people and they were like, who let you in here? And I'm like, I, it doesn't matter because I'm dry. Like, I don't care what I look like in this situation. Nobody is looking presentable when it's that bad outside. Nobody. So if we're going to all be miserable outside, I'd at least li- I would at least like to be dry. And I think I probably stayed more dry than a lot of the people who were out there. A golf, a golf quarter zip with like a baseball hat and golf pants does not even come close 
to one of those big, bulky, garbage bag looking poncho things that you can just put on over top of everything. And I had shorts on and that was strategic because even though it was raining a ton, I didn't want to like ruin any pants. So for me, I was just like, you know what? I also don't want to get too hot because those ponchos, they kind of keep the heat in and everything. So I was like, I'll wear shorts. And that was totally fine, too. Well, it was a great week. Um, it was muddy on Saturday, of course, when you were out there. When we got there Sunday, it was also really muddy. But you know yeah. what? I just think it was awesome to see, awesome to be a part of. I know my son had a great time. Jordan Spieth and a few others signed his flag, which was really cool. He, he just hung out kind of by the putting green. When they signed their scorecard, they come out, they would sign. So I, I just want to say from a pure sports fan standpoint, all right, this was one of the better events that I've ever been to as far as access, seeing things, mm-hmm. the way that it was run, the operation. Full high marks to everyone at Oak Hill, volunteers, security, food vendors, uh, marshals, Rochester itself, transportation. Maybe there's a story or two out there that people didn't have a great experience. I'm sure there are when you're dealing with tens and hundreds of thousands of people over the week. But Matt, from my perspective, Great job, Oak Hill. Great job, Rochester. Can't wait to go to another golf event and can't wait to see, like you said, pro golf return to Rochester and Oak Hill. Real quick, before we talk about football, and this could be a football question, but you said one of the more memorable events you've been to. What is the most memorable sporting event you've been to? Do you have anything that stands out? As either, a fan or as media. Well, it's not not like a great thing. It's probably 13 seconds. I was going to say being, I was going for 13 seconds when all that happened and the, the everything leading up to it and thinking the game was over and trying to line up the post-game interviews. And then everything that happened, you know, to get to 13 seconds, then walking off the field in this complete disbelief of what I just saw. Okay. I was also going to say 13 seconds. So I think we're on the same page there. That's one of those games that it's just so spectacular how it ended. And it was, spectacularly terrible for Bills fans if you were sitting there watching it. But that game, like, we're going to talk about that game for a long, long time. Not just Buffalo fans and Kansas City fans, fans of the NFL, because that was about as good as it gets for a playoff football game, obviously, unless you're cheering for the Bills. Well, let me say this, though, to bring it back to something positive. If it's not that, this is before you, 51-3 to AFC Mm -hmm. Championship game. I'm a senior in high school. The yeah, Bills are going good. to their first Super Bowl, and Matt, they're up 41-3 to at halftime, and wow. it was a freaking party in the stadium for the entire second half. Going to your first – it was amazing. Going to your first Super Bowl, fans were chanting, thank you, Bills, thank you, Bills, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph or Ralph Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, I think, as a fan, maybe the most memorable sporting event experience I've ever had, and I can't wait for that to happen again someday in Buffalo because I think it will. And we'll see if it's going to happen this year. And it's all going to start to bring it back around here. Yeah. With OTAs. I mean, here we are. It is the it is the offseason. We're here. I shouldn't say it's the offseason. It's kind of the start of the season. It's really kind of the ramp up to training camp, which takes place at the end of July. So Matt and I are sitting here on a Tuesday. Uh, what is the date? May 23rd, right? Tuesday, 23rd. May 23rd. Yeah, that's right, May 23rd. Right. There we go. We're on a Tuesday, May 23rd. The way this is going to work, the Bills are in phase three now of OTAs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's phase, phase one is two weeks. Phase two is three weeks. Phase three is four weeks. You get three OTA weeks and then a mandatory mini camp is your fourth week. Yep. Over these three weeks, they will practice three days each week. There's a lot of different rules. You can't go one-on-one pass rush against the defensive end or against linemen. You can't go corner against wide receiver, one-on-one bump and run, things like that. But they can do seven on seven, nine on seven, 11 on 11. They can do a lot of different things. They can wear helmets if the coaches want. So it starts to look a little bit like actual football out there. So we'll be out there watching. And just so everybody knows from the media standpoint, only every Tuesday will be there. Tuesday the yep. 23rd, the following Tuesday after uh, after Labor Day. Uh, I'm sorry, Memorial Day, excuse me. And then um, the, the first uh, Tuesday after that in June. So you won't really get a ton of stuff. But what we will be able to give you, I think, number one, that people will be looking for, Matt, attendance. Yes. Me, that's the number one thing you're looking at is Stefan Diggs here. Who is mm-hmm. and who isn't here? And I think that's got to be the storyline day one. And I want to add another layer to what Sale said. Everything he said is obviously correct and spot on. These are still voluntary. So when we talk about looking for attendance, this is still voluntary. If there are players that are not here, it is not like they are breaking any rules or about to get fined by the team or by the NFL. They are not doing anything wrong. Now, for perspective, Stefan Diggs is going to be the guy that we're keeping our eyes on to see whether or not he's here. Last year... He attended this week. He then 
did not come back until mandatory minicamp. So if you're using that as kind of a barometer of like, okay, what can we expect? In my mind, I think we see digs at one point during the voluntary workouts and then probably not again until mandatory workouts begin. The same thing, Josh is there more often. Josh is there almost every week, but I believe last year, was there a week where he was not there or at least a day? There was a was day. Not there? I, you yeah. know what? Actually, I think it was when he did the match. It might have been. Yeah, actually, that sounds right. So like Sal said, we're only there one day of each week. So these guys could miss an individual day and be there for the rest of the week. And we really won't know. 100%. But the attendance is kind of like Sal said, the biggest thing. They could also be rehabbing like in the building. We don't see them. Like they could literally be there, but we don't know because there's something going on where they're with the trainers and they don't walk out on the field while we're out there. So, but I think there's a better chance that we get clarification of things like that than if they just do not attend. Like we will know if Stefan Diggs is there because people will specifically be asking about Stefan Diggs. Nobody, I mean, you could go down the list, but you're not going to ask Sean McDermott about 90 guys and say, is this person here? Is this person here? Is this person here? We talked to Sean before practice. So we can't go to practice, not see somebody, and then circle back with Sean. We basically have to have a couple guys who we're looking for ask before and then kind of that will set the scene of what the big story for the day is going to be and who the big guys who are here and who the big guys who are not here ultimately look like yeah and it's going to be interesting noting that and the other part of this is we will not get attendance specifically from the bills as you mentioned we can ask Uh and you know we'll find out things that way this isn't like a regular season where they give you a practice report and say who was out there who wasn't who was limited today, all those kinds of things. We know some guys won't practice. We know Von Miller won't practice, right? We just Mm -hmm. know that because of his injuries recovering from it. Doesn't mean he won't be there. Um, In fact, Von Miller, we know watching Instagram and other social media posts, he's been working out really hard. So attendance is number one. Usually from my perspective, it could be different for you. Everybody, I would say that the top two questions are number one, who's there and who's not. And number two is, how did blank look, <laughs> right, yeah. Matt? How did blank look? And I guess this year it will be Dalton Kincaid, number one, first and foremost on people's minds. Dalton Kincaid is probably the first name that would come to mind. I would also be interested in Trent Sherfield. I would be interested in Deontay Hardy. Just really anybody who's new, because you kind of come to expect what you, you know, what you've grown to know with yep. Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, you know, the guys who are returning. And then on defense, like I want to see Puna Ford. I just want to see kind of how he fits into the mix and how big he ultimately is and what his presence is like. So we don't know if he's going to be there, but you're always looking for the new guys because this is really your first chance to see them for the first time. And that goes back to the bills have not had any massive additions this year, especially in free agency or trade or something. But when they do like this week, last year was all about finding Von Miller. It was all about, although maybe he was at, the first phase last year, I just don't exactly remember, but it's all about go out there, find the big guy. That's who everybody wants to hear from. That's who everybody wants to see. This year, there really isn't one, which brings you back to Dalton Kincaid. It's like, how quickly can Dalton Kincaid get acclimated in this offense? You know, there was a tell last, we were talking about this, I think on the last podcast, Dalton Kincaid just did tight end stuff at rookie minicamp. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that is a sign that he is here to be an offensive weapon. He is not 100%. here to, you know, earn his way onto the fields. Like, sure, he's got to earn his way onto the fields. They're going to use that guy right away. Yeah, and and Brandon Bean basically said, like, the, the other stuff, the blocking stuff, we're, gonna, we're not going to ask him to block a six-tech is what he said. Like, he's yeah. not going to be down-blocking defensive tackles and defensive ends. He's going ha- to catch passes. They'll work the other stuff in. He'll get bigger. He'll get stronger. You know, he, he's in his rookie year. They'll, they'll put more on his plate, and they'll ask him to do more as it goes forward. But – Really, he's coming in as a wide receiver, essentially, is what he's doing. And then the rest of the stuff will kind of have to come in place a little bit later. Not to shift gears. I got a couple guys I want to ask you about um, as far as, like, who you're watching. But attendance-wise, we we haven't talked about Ed Oliver much. And I think that's an interesting guy, isn't it? It is. Um, I think if Ed Oliver is trying to hold out to get a long-term contract, there's no chance it happens. I I just don't. 100% agree. I understand you can't really hold out specifically. Yeah, right? like I guess send a message. If right. Ed Oliver is trying to send a message to get a new contract, right. it's not going to work. I, I, I just don't think I that coming off of the year he had, now is the time to be doing that. I think if you're Ed Oliver, what you need to do is just show up, 
do what you've done for years, especially in the offseason. Every offseason, or whatever we're calling this right now, Ed Oliver is a darling. It's like training camp last year, if you would have asked me going into the season, who is the best player at Bill's training camp? Ed Oliver would have been like second or third on the list behind Josh and maybe behind like Diggs or something. So I'm expecting big things from Ed Oliver this year. He needs to have a big year to get a payday, whether that's with the Bills or whether that's with another team. But if it's going to be like not showing, I, I don't think they're interested in this game with him at all. And I, and I don't think he's going to play it. I don't. I don't get that vibe. I know that that was one that we were looking for the last time out there and we didn't see. And we haven't really heard or seen much from him really the entire offseason. But I don't think he's going to play that game. I wonder, but I 100% agree with you about the team will play it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if he will. Could be a very early thing, but we'll see. Um, I don't, he wasn't there when we went for workouts, right? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. And I also don't believe I've seen anything football related Mm -hmm. that he has attended. Now I can tell you, I know he was in Buffalo a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. now, but I don't remember seeing him at the facility when we were there or seeing like him post workouts or Instagram stories or anything like that, that would, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we've just missed it, but he was not at practice. We talked about Diggs. The other thing is hearing from Diggs. That will obviously be interesting. If he is here, if we wind up hearing from Stefan Diggs, we have not heard from a local media standpoint from Stefan Diggs since prior to the final game of the season. He did not speak to us after the game, and he hasn't spoken to anybody local media-wise. He's mm-hmm. done a couple national things. We know that. But that's the other part of it. And at some point, Matt, at some point, we got to hear from Stefan Diggs to find out. Like, he he has to in some way, shape, or form. It could be just like, ah, you know, I was just mad. I could, it's fine. At some point, he has to kind of address the way the season ended and what happened with him and Josh. Did you hear what um, Isaiah McKenzie told Tyler Dunn? Go long on the podcast, Isaiah just McKenzie. Him, he, you yeah. just got to let him talk, right? He's got to exactly. let him be himself. But what, and what did Josh say? Steph is going to step. You just have to let him do that, too. I, I don't – that's fine, and that's great. We have to hear from Stefan Diggs. I agree. I agree. But we also, last year at the end of the season, went like weeks without hearing from Stefan Diggs. It was not – and every week thing like it used to be for some reason, he was just not really around and was not in the mood to be chatty, which whatever, you know, if you don't want to talk, but I don't, you don't think wanna... we had the same kind of thing lingering over. No, this absolutely. is from what happened last year with him and Josh. My specific point is here. He has to address this. He has to address that specific issue with the Buffalo media, because I think people want to know. And there's people going, why do you guys care about that well of course it's just it's part of what happened it's a huge storyline from last year well for fans the last time they saw Stefan Diggs his hands were up in the air next to Josh Allen on the sideline yes, for media right. the last time we saw Stefan Diggs he was racing out of the locker room yes. minutes after the game ended leaving the stadium and we have not seen him in Buffalo since so it is the biggest story whether you like it or not it's the biggest story because there have been people it's not going to happen but there have been people who thought the bills should trade stefan Diggs right. and that there were like really really deep issues here i never thought it got to that level at all i think he's a super competitive dude and i think he's pissed off that they've really kind of dropped the ball in their most important games the last three seasons i think that really bothers him and he doesn't know what he needs to do to try and help these guys get over the hump. All that said, though, he still needs to address it. He still needs to talk about it. He's going to pour water on the flames. He is not going to come back, talk to us, and stir the pot even more. He's just no. not. He's going to say, I Agreed. got really upset, and I should have handled myself better, but I'm a fiery guy, I'm competitive, and that's what makes me me. And, like, okay, that's a very fair way of justifying everything that happened. But we still need to hear him say it. Because there's always the off chance he doesn't. There's always the off chance that that doesn't happen. And sometimes we're like our jaws drop when we hear these guys and what they end up ultimately saying. Well, let's remember he was also a team captain last year. I think that's part of the story, right? I mean, like he didn't address this. He was a team captain. He left. But we'll figure it out. And it, it, it will happen at some point. It is something, though, that we'll be looking for, waiting for. And at some point, it will eventually come to fruition where we'll hear from him and we'll find out what he says all right really quick i want to ask you will he be there we're going at we're recording this tuesday morning my prediction yes no i agree no i don't think we see him this week and i think it we'll see him one of the next couple weeks i think i think we see him not till mandatory i think we see him once before mandatory 
but I don't think it's this week. I think he lets the, you know, the things continue to bubble and this to kind of continue to become a little bit more of a story for the next week or two. All right. Well, OTAs are the story. Also some NFL rules changes, including flex scheduling. Let's get into that. And it's always game day in Buffalo as well. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. We always appreciate that. It's on video. Matt and I, we can see each other. You look great, man. I mean, you know, I'm looking at your background there. and Yeah, you got some you stuff know, behind me. Going so, on. Yeah. You're, you're kind of adding each week as we go along here. Love yeah, thank, shout out Vancouver Bills backers. They sent the <laughs> mug. We've got right. the... Uh, I don't oh, know bring that can... mug today, too. I want my, oh, yeah. my mug. I, I don't know if you can see the sign. That's the uh, warning. That's the sign that's at Bethpage yes. Black. The yes, like warning. This is an extremely difficult golf course. Wait, wait you didn't oh. take that off the course, did you? Yeah, I did. Don't tell anybody. Oh. Um, after over one shoulder, that's like a Jim Craig signed picture, Miracle yes. on Ice. So that's yes. kind of cool. The oh, weirdest yeah. thing that I have on here is the, the this is fine dog over the one shoulder. You know, from like the GIF. You ever seen uh-huh. that one where there's uh-huh. the fire everywhere? Do. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my life. So it, it's fitting that it's on my bookshelf and over my shoulder. I think the weirdest thing I have is literally a bobblehead of me over my right shoulder. That's, <laughs> that's, that is a bobblehead of me over my right shoulder. That's Someone made crazy. that for me years ago. All right. Um, before we get into the NFL and rules and things like that, um, I know we asked for questions and we usually do that last segment. There was one question I think fits right here that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. This is from Joey Hanover. Joey Hanover tweets us. What do you primarily look for at OTAs? You know, we talked about attendance and stuff. Yeah. Routes run, lineman footwork, et cetera. Anything analytical. Great question because everybody's different, I would say, right? You're mm-hmm. Matt, you're watching something different. And I will also tell you, you're looking for stuff from a TV standpoint for video. Yep. I'm looking at something I can talk about and translate to radio, right? I think that we're all kind of different. Also, it's how you consume the game. So I'll speak for myself here and say, look, as a as a former coach of the game, like I love the I love the process part of it. I really do. I love the operational part of it. I love, I love listening to coaches coach. I love watching coaches coach. And if I'm going to tell you what I'm like, I want to, I'm looking for interactions between coaches and players and how, how all that's going down and what I'm specifically, maybe what are they maybe specifically teaching as far as techniques. And then as far as players are concerned, you know, I mean, a guy like today, like I'm looking at how does Tredavious white look coming off the, Mm -hmm. the ACL and all the talk last year, we're a year removed now. Kyrie Elam needs a bit of a bounce back year, right? From he he was he was really coming on last year. I want to see the confidence, the movement, so things like that. But I'm a I'm a I'm an operational process guy when it comes to practice, especially this time of year, Matt. I yeah. look for those things that kind of really from the ground roots level up, if that makes sense. I posted a video from Channel Seven for rookie minicamp of Dalton Kincaid just you know running routes against air and cover one actually Eric Turner. They did a little bit of a breakdown of the video and I thought it was interesting to kind of hear their perspective on the video that I shot and what they were looking for and then ultimately what I'm looking for while I'm all like getting the shot itself right they were basically talking about you know yeah these are routes for air there's against air there's only so much you can take away from it but look how low to the ground Dalton Kincaid gets when he's making his breaks which is very Cole Beasley-esque and that's one of the things the little nuances that kind of come with it that even though these guys can't go one-on-one yet they're not taking live reps there are still things that you can take away I think my biggest thing that I'm looking for are two things one what are the leaders doing when practice is going on I want to see who is when Josh Allen is not throwing, what's he doing? Who's he talking to? What are the conversations he's having? Same thing with Stefan Diggs, with Von Miller, with Tredavious White. Like last year, we kind of knew Von Miller was immediately going to make an impact on and off the field by just how present he was. 
even when he wasn't doing a rep. It was like, okay, he was talking to Greg Rousseau. He was showing something at Oliver. He would do a rep again. If he didn't like a rep, he would run down the length of the field to punish himself or do push-ups or something like that. So that's one of the things I'm looking for. The second thing I'm looking for is not what the coaches are saying, where the coaches are spending their time. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that tells a lot about what they're trying to work on. That being said, this year is a bit different because I feel like now Sean is just always going to be hanging out with the defense. Now that he's basically the defensive coordinator, like there are not going to be times when Sean is over with the special teams units as much or over with the wide receivers as much. Like I think Sean is going to be very focused on defense. So now I kind of need to recalibrate myself to say, okay, don't look for Sean as much because he's going to be at the defensive side. Like that's not going to tell you anything new if he's just hanging out by the defense. So I always kind of look for the coaches and see where they are and who they're talking to. Cause right. I think that tells a little bit of a story in itself, especially like the bigger coaches, like the position coaches are going to be with their positions, but what about the coordinators? What about the head coach? Where are they? And there's only, there is no defensive coordinator now. That's what I mean. So, right? so, it's, so, so it, let's go back to the last time we were out there. Remember we were supposed to hear from Sean. We didn't, and we didn't see him on the field, and then he came out late. And it could have been – he literally could have been sick. I mean, he could have been at, like, a you know, something, a school function. We don't know exactly the details. But I thought it was interesting because it got me thinking, is this the time period where Sean McDermott is going to give ownership more to the other coaches, Matt, while he kind of says, hey, during, like, the season, I got to concentrate more on defense. I'm, I got to let you guys kind of do this a little bit more. And I wonder if we see a little bit more of that in the OTAs. Maybe. And I think the best coaches know what they need to defer to their position coaches and to their coordinators. And I think Sean has done a fairly good job of that during his time with the bills. You know, we've had the conversation, like how much was the hand in the cookie jar with the offense? How much of it was actually his offense that he wanted to see how much of it was what Brian Dable wanted. And then eventually what Ken Dorsey wanted. So I I think your point is valid. I don't know if this is necessarily the time to do it, though. I think this is the time to kind of set the standard of what you're looking for and then see how they progress. Because I don't think you want to like let bad habits set in at this point as we're getting ready for things to ramp up. I, I think he needs to be as present as possible and then eventually kind of see how things are going. And then that's when you can take a step back and let everybody else kind of take their step, you know, take their steps and go to the next level. Either way, it's a uh, it's a change, so it'll be interesting to watch how all that change takes shape here at OTAs. Again, Bill's on the field OTAs. Uh, they have three weeks of OTAs and then one final week of mandatory minicamp before they break, before training camp begins. And when training camp begins, because the Bills play on Monday Night Football this year, you back up 46 days from there. We're looking at, what, J- July 26, 27, somewhere in there. But as the season goes on, lots of fluctuation in the schedule. We know that. And now there could be even more because the league – had a couple different rule changes on Monday at the owners meetings going on near Minnesota, I believe is where these owners meetings are and um, near Minneapolis, I should say in Minnesota. Um, one of the big rules, we'll talk about the QB one in a second. They, they changed that, but how about the flex scheduling? We talk with Mike North. We know a lot of the stuff that kind of goes into the schedule and the flexing of Monday night football and the primetime games. Well, now we can add another layer because the league officially Matt said, yep, we're going to allow flex scheduling. Sunday to Thursday. It's really interesting, though, because Uh I think you have to kind of make sure everybody knows how this is going to work. It's only weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five Uh weeks that they could take a game from Sunday afternoon and move it to Thursday night, and then they would just flip-flop the game and put Thursday to Sunday afternoon. And it also has to be done 28 days in advance to give everybody time to logistically change, which still, boy, I feel bad. I don't care if – 28 days still just stinks if you have a ticket and you're planning on going somewhere and hotels yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, and you can o- they can only do two flexes in that five-week period, and o- one team can only be flexed one time. Yeah. Moral of the story, it's not going to happen to the Bills this year. It's right. really not. I, I just looking at the games that are already in the slates, looking at the games that the Bills play, I just don't think it ultimately ends up happening. I think this is the NFL's way – of if you have two teams that just stink, avoiding putting them in a primetime window and hiding that game on a Sunday at one o'clock. Even though Thursdays have not had the greatest slates over the year, 
I don't think they want that to continue, especially with a new partner who just spent a uh, ton of money with them last yeah. year and who is now taking on more things. Remember, Amazon is not just the Thursday night games. They're also now doing the Black Friday game, and they got that Jets and Dolphins game, and they're going to continue to evolve. Will Amazon have a Super Bowl? Do we know the answer to that? I don't Ooh, think they will. That's a good question. Maybe down the road. I don't know if it's in this particular I, yeah, package. Yeah, I was ESPN say, has one in this package, though. Yes. Yeah, I should. Amazon does not have a Super Bowl yet. Eventually, though, look at what's happening with the league with Amazon, with Peacock for the Bills and Chargers game. Like, they're starting to dip their toes in the streaming waters. So I think that we're going to see more things like this to try and cater to those partners. And, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think from a fan from a fan standpoint, if you're planning on going, it kind of stinks because, you know, you might have plans, especially if it's a road game, to try and go somewhere. But I think from a competitive balance standpoint and really from the scope of the entire league, it it makes sense. You know, if you have two teams that have yeah. a combined four wins, why put them at night if you've got another game that might actually mean something? Right. And 28 days is, in my opinion, enough notice, at least for the teams, to kind of recalibrate themselves and know that, okay, we're going to have that game coming up. I just feel bad for any fans. I know Bill's Mafia specifically travels really well, but I think about fan bases, somebody makes a – plans to see somebody around Christmas time. Hey, we're going over there a week before Christmas and going to see you going to spend a weekend there. And then bam, the game's on Thursday night. You're like, wait a minute. We just spent for a hotel and plane ride. So I do, I, I feel for that, but I agree with you. This, this is not something that it's not going to be this huge overhaul. It might happen once. It might happen twice. That's all it can happen. It's not something happening all the time. And as far as the bills are concerned, you're right. Very, very minimal chance it happens. In fact, Matt, I'll say this. The only chance it actually happens to the Bills is week 17. Here's is why. That the, is that the Patriots game? Yeah, because week 13, they have a bye. So obviously they're not playing anyway. Mm -hmm. Week 14, they're at Kansas City at the 425 game on CBS. Remember what Mike North said? Each CBS and Fox get one protection of a flex every weekend. Mm -hmm. They're going to protect that game. That's their national window game at 425. <laughs> yeah, so Bills Chiefs ain't going to Thursday night. <laughs> you know what else isn't? The following week. Fox 425 Bills Cowboys, Cowboys. And Bills. Yeah. That's not going anywhere. And then week 16 is ineligible to be flexed for the Bills because it's a Saturday night on Peacock against the Chargers. So mm -hmm. since it's not a Sunday afternoon game, the only chance the Bills could even have here is New Year's is, Eve. New Year's Eve. Is, yeah, that's right. It would be um the, the New Year's Eve game would be moved to Thursday. But even then, 28 days, what do the Patriots look like that? And aren't there other games that could, you know, look a little bit better there? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening for the bills, but from a league standpoint, I feel for the fans, but the league we knew was going to do this eventually. I think if it was going to happen though, to the bills, that would be the best case scenario because you would be coming off of a Saturday game and not a Sunday game because they're playing on the 23rd. Okay. And I also think you would want the extra rest going into the last game of the year, if it matters and the playoffs if you're going to be going to the playoffs. So I think that you would probably feel comfortable enough, unless New England surprises all of us or the Bills surprise all of us for the wrong reasons, you would probably be comfortable going up against the Patriots on a couple days short rest if that meant you got a little bit more time to prepare for the Dolphins and to prepare for the playoffs. Keep in mind, it was not a walk in the park by any stretch, and they needed a couple like legitimately out of a movie plays from Naheem Hines, but the bills did beat the Patriots last year, basically without practicing at the end of the season. They really didn't practice the week after the DeMar Hamlet stuff. And they so, didn't play that well, but they still beat them. You're right. That's 100%. what I mean. They, yep. they still beat them. So, you know, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I don't think there's any scenario where it ultimately plays out for the bills like that, unless the Patriots are fighting for a playoff spot. Cause if they are, then that game could be moved. All right. Well, listen, it's time for everybody to get their notepad and their pen because I have to explain the new third QB rule to everybody. It's kind of, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay. Well, I'm going to explain it to everybody, make it a lot more sense. All right. So this is a grab, grab your note, grab your notepad, grab yeah. your pen. Here we go. Going to explain it to everybody right now. All right, Matt, this will dive us into some of our questions that we get from listeners because I have a great question for you when I wrap up this explanation. So here we go. Okay. This is, this is, I'm going to make it really easy on everybody to understand the third QB rule. Okay. The league passed a rule that's allowing now for a third emergency QB to enter the game at the first two get, get injured, but mm -hmm. don't worry about it like that. Here's all you have to know. Nothing's changing as far as rosters. Nothing. Every team still has a 53 man roster with two possible elevations on game day to get to 55. Most teams do that. So let's say you get to 55 on game day. 
every team also can only dress 47 players, 48 with eight offensive linemen. That's not changing. So let's just take the most basic common thing, which is 55 players on the active roster on game day, only 48 dress. None of that is changing. The only thing that is changing is out of the other seven who are going to be inactive, essentially out of the 55 and 48, seven who are inactive. One of them now can be designated as a third quarterback, an emergency quarterback who can then go into the game. If the other two get hurt, mm-hmm. he is not dressing. He is not active. He doesn't count against your active, active game day roster, but he can go into the game. If the other two quarterbacks are hurt and come out of the game. Now here's where it gets a little, little tricky. If one of the quarterbacks who got hurt gets cleared to go back in the game, the third quarterback has to come out. Even if the other guy doesn't come back in because you're then essentially taking advantage of the rule by having a healthy quarterback and still using your emergency QB. So he has to come out, but that's it. Here's the rub of how teams are going to have to make a decision. The guy who's inactive, who's the emergency quarterback, cannot be an elevation. That's what he I mean. He has to be from your active roster, your 53-man roster. So this brings into the question, Matt, what teams will do as far as their active roster? Will they keep a third quarterback on their active no. roster no. with the specific reason of saying, we're just no. going to make him inactive on game day because then we could actually use that extra emergency quarterback in case something happens? Nope. I don't think this impacts the Bills at all because I, with the roster that they have – I don't think there's any chance that they're keeping three quarterbacks on their active roster. And for this rule to come into play, they would need to keep all three of them. That's not going to happen. And this has not ruled out what they were doing previously. 100% right. So why not continue to do that? Unless, you know, if you're a team that you've got, like the 49ers last year is what this rule is basically trying to protect. What happened to them with all of their injuries at quarterback. In the NFC Championship game. Literally, Christian McCaffrey was warming up to go play quarterback. (laughs) nuts that that happened but I think if you're the Bills you roll with two quarterbacks it's Josh Allen and it's Kyle Allen they're your guys if you have any concerns about the availability of one or both of those guys you'll have Matt Barkley on your practice squad you're not going to be worried about another team taking Matt Barkley from your practice squad and you will elevate him with as one of the two players that can be elevated prior to the game unless like you've got some other crazy injury that happens or like a run of injuries that impact one specific position, then maybe you need to get a little bit creative or something. But unless there's a really wild circumstance that happens, nothing is going to change for the bills. They're going to have two quarterbacks on their 53 man roster. Matt Barkley is going to be their practice squad quarterback. And then if one of their other guys is hurt, Matt Barkley is going to be a practice squad elevation leading into a game, and that's just how it's going to be. It's a great point you just raised because I just said it can't be an elevated guy. It can be if that guy's actually on the active game day roster if he's elevated. Mm -hmm. You can actually have three quarterbacks on your game day roster. You just can't elevate a guy, make him inactive, and then he goes in as your emergency quarterback. That's Mm -hmm. what you can't do. But what you said is right. Matt Barkley could be the practice squad quarterback. You elevate him on Saturday night, and then he dresses on game day, and he's one of your 48 guys who dress. Then he's totally eligible. Here's what I do wonder, though, and I haven't seen this clarified anywhere, so I'm going to make an assumption, but I probably shouldn't do that. Does it have to be a guy with the word with the letters QB next to his name on the roster? I'll give you a great example. So Joe Webb. Let's say you have a guy. Let's just say let's take Taysom Hill, for example. What's he listed? Tight end? I don't know. He might be listed as a quarterback. I don't know okay. the answer to that. Though. Maybe he's listed a tight end. Okay. Let's take a guy like that. Anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. We'll use a real life example of the bills. All right. Let's just say, um, let's just say Trent Sherfield played quarterback in high school. He was very good at it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sunday comes around. He's inactive on game day, but can the bills say no, but if, if anybody gets hurt, if our two guys get hurt, that's our emergency quarterback. He can go in the game. I bet they have to be listed as a quarterback on the roster is my guess. I, My guess. I don't know How? because what, what, what you're allowed a third emergency quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what if it is Taysom Hill? So what if Taysom Hill has tight end le- next to his name or TE teams could, if he has TE next to his name and he's been dealing with an injury all week. So they say, look, we're just going to hold him out make him inactive. But you know what? Well, if he has to go in, we can, we can play, he can play quarterback in an emergency situation. That That's wouldn't be allowed. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I think that they've probably thought about it, but they haven't put too much thought into it because there's only a handful of players right? yeah. who I think would ultimately like, you know, fall into that bucket. 
the the guy that I was just thinking of, it has nothing to do with quarterbacks, but it's like Von Miller is listed as linebacker, so he can wear number forty. That's but, right. You know, he's not a linebacker. <laughs> right. But then the franchise tag talk and all the uh-huh. contract stuff comes into play, and it's like, okay, like this is kind of wild. So I I don't know. I, I don't know how that would be. I, I just don't really think that this is going to be one of those rules that impacts the Bills. Like when there's these rule changes that ultimately get approved, like the Thursday Night Football one has a chance of impacting everybody. But I don't think it's going to happen because it is a pretty big change. I think it's in their back pocket of like a break glass in case of an emergency type deal. Mm-hmm. And I think this one is more of the same. I think what the most notable rule change that has been made in the NFL that was a direct result of the bills is the overtime rules in the playoffs. Oh yeah. That that to me is the most significant, substantial potential ramifications down the road rule change. Besides that, they're all in my mind, very, very minuscule. I just looked it up. Taysom Hill's listed as a tight end on the saints official roster. So again, so, so there's a situation here where, if he's banged up all week and you say, look, he's just, he's close to playing, but we're going to hold mm-hmm. him out. We're going to make him inactive. But can they attach the third emergency quarterback designation to him? I don't know. I don't know if that's a good question because there would be a couple ways around that then. Right. Which make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, I wonder, I, I'm going to have to try and get clarification on this and I'll have to look into it and, and, and see the exact wording. But those, these are the kinds of things that, you know, I think about with these, with these rules that happened. Here's a rule that did not get passed. Mm-hmm. There was a rule proposed at the owners' meetings back in Arizona in March that got tabled till this week. They're going to now table it again and vote on it again, I believe, today as we record this. But I don't think it's going to pass, and nor do they – I don't want it to pass. I don't think it should pass. And that is – the fair catch rule? If there's a, it's, a, it's the college rule, essentially. Yeah. If there's a fair catch – by the way, in case people didn't know, you can always fair catch a kickoff. I don't mm-hmm. know if people realize that. You can always fair catch a kickoff in the NFL. If it – ball goes way up in the air you can fair catch it and the team gets it right there but the new rule would essentially say if you fair catch a kickoff or a punt inside your 25 is it or a punt right two no yeah i have to remember inside your 25 yard line i think it is the ball comes to the 25 yard line now if you fair catch it at the 30 you're getting to the 30 but if inside inside the 25 yard line you get it at the 25 i think this is a horrible rule and i'll tell you why and i've spoken to actually um, NFL people about this who've told me the same thing consistently. This is how you construct rosters to make sure you have gunners who run down the field to not allow a team to get it at their 25. This yeah. is how you pay people around your roster. If you're going to make this change, Matt, what I've been told is you got to make it and give teams like three years notice because mm-hmm. you got guys, Saran Neal's a great example. Now, I know he does play defense a little bit, but why are you paying Saran Neal over $3 million a year to be a gunner if a guy's just going to fair catch it and put it at the 25 anyway? This is at the recommendation of the competition committee, right? This is yes. a this is a safety thing. That's yes. why that this is being kind of elevated. Yes. I, I don't know all of the intricacies of the safety aspect of it. If there is tangible evidence that this is that much safer than what you are currently doing, then maybe the conversation needs to go a little bit deeper. But I think from a strictly football standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense because if you're going to try and pin a team deep, like, and then you can all of a sudden just fair catch it, I think that's unfair from a special team standpoint. I also think if you're the team receiving the kickoff or the punt, you, by the way, it is only a kickoff. Now that I looked at it, it is only a kickoff. It's not a punt, but the point still remains. You still pay guys to like Tyler Medikevich, Saran Neal, Jaquan Mm -hmm. Johnson, let's say, right. You paid them to be on your kickoff team to go stop a guy from not getting past the 25. I think that I'm glad you looked up the clarification because that changes things a little bit. I don't think it would have that big of an impact if it's just kickoffs. I know it would have an impact, but I don't think it would have that big of an impact because most kicks anyway, like most Mm -hmm. kickoffs, if you're going to kick it to the five, it's going to just run into the end zone anyway. I know it's not always, but most of the time. Maybe. Here, I'll tell you where it could, you know, where it actually could really play like the 13 seconds. 13 seconds. Yes. 13 seconds. If you pop it up in the air because you want to pin them deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair catch 25 yard line right so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i i know p- football people are against this um yeah, i've seen i've seen the same kind of reaction from football people out there pat mcafee went crazy on it against it now he's a former punter too right so i mean mm-hmm. it was really interesting your friend pat mcafee my friend pat mcafee he was yeah. really against it but i i will i know that the way rosters are constructed teams feel like they're basically now paying guys to do something they don't have to do anymore 
and that would be unfair if you make this change right now. So we'll see where it goes. Um, all right. So here's the other thing. Uh, let's see if we have any other questions here. Um, did you find any? Nothing that really stood out. So you oh, can go well, ahead and. No, no, no. I got one. I got one. All okay. Right? This comes from, and I don't even know if this was. Okay, here we go. Yes. MJM in NC, maybe North Carolina. D Hop or Gabe seems it would have to be either or by this point. Do you agree with that? It's got to be either or. If they, okay, let me ask you this. No. I'll put it this way to you. If we found out today that Gabe Davis signed an extension, does that completely eliminate DeAndre Hopkins? And if, or if we found out today the Bills traded for DeAndre Hopkins, does that completely eliminate a Gabe Davis extension? I think if they signed Gabe Davis to an extension that completely eliminates the DeAndre Hopkins talk, but not the other thing that you said. So I think that DeAndre Hopkins, having that much money tied up in your wide receivers does not seem like something that they would want to do. But I don't think it's either or. Like, I think if DeAndre Hopkins was going to be added to this Bills team, which I do not think is going to happen, even though he continues to be talking about how much he wants to play with Josh Allen and stuff, I, I, I think that that would be, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, but I, I don't think it's either or. It, it's really no, not. It's I, early, I guys. It's early. I, no, 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 no. I, I think you said it right. You're fine. Your train of thought was fine. You said um, it doesn't have to be either or. It might impact you know, how you go about it, I think. But um, yes. look, I, I still think the Bills, I, think, I still think the Bills are going to at some point sign Gabe Davis to an extension. I believe that. Gabe Davis wants to be in Buffalo. He yeah. likes it here. He wants to continue his career here. I know that. I've spoken to him about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bills like Gabe Davis enough to want him here. I think it really comes down to the financials and what they could do. But I think they'll try to see what they can get done. I would never rule out any trade possibility, Bills, DeAndre Hopkins, anybody, Odell Beckham when they he was a free agent, for the same reason that Brandon Bean never does. There's a guy available that can help us. Mm-hmm. You never know. I liken it, Matt, to how many people thought there was no way Cole Beasley would ever be on this roster again midway through last year. Guess what happened? He was on the roster at the end of the year. That's true, but Cole Beasley also is not on another roster. It's not like they had no, to give up an asset to get him. I know that, but what I'm saying is I don't think the Bills ever rule anything out, right? Like, they, they no. does not, it does not um, benefit them to ever say, we are not doing that. Like, yeah, I don't be- think it would ever benefit them to say that. Yeah, because you're right, it doesn't. It never makes sense to close a door that doesn't need to be closed because you don't know how desperate Arizona ends up getting or you don't know right. how bad things get there, which is going to be the same thing with every team and with every player. I really don't think that they're ever going to just kind of shut off the idea of a player or of a decision that they're going to make. I just don't think it's likely. Like, There's a difference between not Agreed. thinking it happens Agreed. and also not thinking that they would ever shut the door on it. Agreed. And I don't, I don't, I don't see DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to Buffalo. You never know. I don't see him getting traded at all at this point. What if they release him? Then if he releases him, I think it's even less likely he comes to Buffalo. Really? Even though he says over and over and over again that he wants to play with Josh Allen, he's not going to take a contract that the Bills can offer him. They can offer him so little money right now. You think think it's more likely? You. Oh, I think if they release him, I'm not saying like, oh my God, I think it's like better than 50% chance. I still think it's unlikely. I think it's more of a chance if they release him than trading him though. Um, like if they release him, I think I start thinking about those possibilities because I don't think he's getting a huge contract from anybody to be quite honest with you. Yeah, but we said the same thing about Odell Beckham and look what Odell Beckham he got. did. And he did. Odell Beckham Never was know. coming off of a torn ACL. So I think DeAndre Hopkins, somebody out there would give him stupid money. Not even stupid money, because he's worth it. He's a really, really good player. Who are the possibilities? I mean, because if you think of Kansas City, they don't have a ton of money. They also drafted Rasheed Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Think about, did you, I'm sure you saw the clip of him on Brandon Marshall's I Am Athlete pod, right? Yep. And he said, and the talk was, end of your career, try to win, play with a quarterback. To me, that narrows down the field quite a bit, so... Really I don't know how much money's out there. And... Is it really the end of his career, though? How old is DeAndre Hopkins? I'm going to look it up right well, now. I think he's got like two, three years left at the most. DeAndre Hopkins is 32. He's 30. 31 this year, though, right? Uh, Yeah, 31 in a month. He turns yeah. 31 in a month. He's 31 in a month. So, uh, no, not the end of his career, but at the tail end of his career, the next few years, like, that's it. He wants to win. I don't think he's – he's not in the prime years. I guess – I guess – you're right. It could he could wind up getting eight, nine million dollars. And then the bills are like, okay, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I just think that if he becomes a free agent, 
you could structure a deal. You could make things work. The Bills teams always do this, right? You add on void mm-hmm. years, whatever. You, the cap hit isn't as much. But I think he's willing to take less than – at least you're not trading for the contract now, I guess, is my point. Yeah, but you also then don't have the potential of a team retaining anything given what mm-hmm. you're – giving up, which is kind of the only way that I ever thought it was going to work. So I guess it kind of goes both ways because would the, whatever a team retains be more than what he would get on the open market. I don't know the answer to that. And that's just completely hypothetical. I guess it just, I guess it just depends on the money. I think it makes sense for the bills. I just still do not think they're going to do it. And that's the kind of the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other shoulder. I think for the bills, if you're going all in this year or for the next couple of years, DeAndre Hopkins makes so much sense, especially if it doesn't cost you a ridiculous amount of money. But given the caliber of player that he is, given the amount of what I assume league-wide interest would be out there, I just don't think it happens. All right, we both have to get down to the stadium. We did this on a Tuesday morning. We're going to go to OTAs. Things could change. We could have some sort of other podcast coming your way because we find something out. I don't know. What if DeAndre Hopkins is at Bill's practice? Whoa! (laughs) We're doing an emergency pod right from the stadium, pal. Yeah, yeah, we'll do one. Deal, deal. All right, we thank you for uh, listening and, of course, watching. Uh, Go to Sal Sports on YouTube. Thanks for the great response. We're we're getting those uh, subscribers up on both angles. People have said they love the video part. People have said they love the audio part. We have whatever you want. Audio, video, it's always game day in Buffalo. Uh, Matt, tell everybody where they can find all your OTA coverage. Yeah, it'll be over at Channel 7, WKBW.com, Channel 7 at night in the newscasts and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, on Twitter at Matt underscore Beauvais. Sal, I do want to say, so shout out to everybody who came up to me at Oak Hill and gave us a little bit of love for the podcast because it kind of happened a lot. I don't know if it happened to you, but I had so many people over the course of the week. I was there every day. So I was there for a while, but I had so many people come up and say, love the pod, love listening to you guys. Yep. So it, it was really appreciated. So thank you all for the continued support. We appreciate it. Well, Jeremy and I were out there on Tuesday and then Jeremy on the radio. I, 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 it's, a, it's a proud moment when you when you know you I think, you know, like you just said, like it makes you feel good that people think you do a good job because Jeremy said on the radio on Wednesday, he said, Sal, I don't know what's going to be higher, the total score in this tournament or the number of people come up to say hi to you. Right. It was kind of interesting. It was really fun. And, and I appreciate everybody doing that as well. And they all said that as well. Um, hey, man, love the show. Love the pod. So, yeah, thank you all for doing that and saying hi. We and we love Matt and I are people people. I always say that we love to interact. Right. It's like you come up and say hi. Don't ever be shy. Don't ever be bashful. Just say hello. It's really cool. Um, in the meantime, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we got WGR 550.com. And at Sal Sports on Twitter, at Matt underscore Bove on Twitter as well. You can follow all of our coverage there. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much to our guy, Lucas Buckley. Always doing a great job. And Lucas, you know, gets us rolling here, and we have to coordinate schedules, and he's always there for us. He's putting together the audio, the video, and everything you see and everything you hear out there. It's always game day in Buffalo. Download. Give us a like. Give us a nice review. We appreciate it.